2012 is a year packed with British celebration. For many people, taking part in this will involve a visit to the pub, in what has always been seen as a classically British way to socialise. And yet the pub industry is in decline, with the current rate of closure at 16 pubs a week. Rick Muir, a researcher with IPPR, has released the report Pubs and Places, the Social Value of Community Pubs. He investigates the cause of this decline and asks whether the pub still holds sway as a British icon and valuable asset in communities. I met with Rick to discuss his report over a pint in the Ship and Shovel pub in Embankment, London. Um, So Rick, is this your local pub then? Well, yeah, this is the pub which uh, we come to after work on most Friday evenings. Uh, does very good uh, line of real ale, um, so it's very popular. Um, you can normally get a seat, so yeah, we, we love it here. Well, certainly this pub seems to be thriving, there's a lot of people here. But looking at the, the broader picture, I mean, what is the current landscape for um, the British pub at the moment? The number of pubs has actually been declining um, for decades in, in Britain. But the rate of pub closures has accelerated in the last um, decade or so. Um, And at its peak, about 52 pubs a week were closing. That's declined a little bit now. It's about 16 pubs a week are are still closing. But we are still losing pubs. The the stock of pubs is falling overall. Um, And we've got to be very careful that we don't end up in a situation where, um, you know, we turn around in 10 years' time and think what happened to the British pub, you know, it, it, it disappeared. And I think um, there's lots of reasons why that's happening. The economic situation is obviously not good, people don't have much money to spend. It's much cheaper to buy alcohol from the supermarket. People are drinking less uh, beer, drinking more wine. Wine is less associated with pubs. Um, than beer and so you know people go and drink wine in restaurants rather than pubs there are questions about the business model that some of the big pub companies are running lots of different things which have all happened at the same time Um, means there's been a kind of perfect storm really for the pub trade which has led to this historically high rate of pub closures so yeah the trade is in a very difficult uh, situation at the moment um, your report included a quote from the writer Belloc from um, 1948, which said, When you have lost your inns, drown your empty selves, for you will have lost the last of England. And do you think that people still feel this way about the pub? Well, I think the pub is a community uh, institution which is um, central to the, the British way of life. I mean, there's no question about that. It's a huge... Uh, a hugely important part of our of our culture. Um, in the polling we did for the report, we found that the pub was outside of people's own homes, uh, the most important place where people got together and met other people in their communities. More important than restaurants, more important than schools, more important than community centres, more important than parks. So. The pub plays a very important role as a community hub, as a place where people can mix and interact. And interestingly, we also found that it was um, one of the places where people were most likely to mix with people from different backgrounds to their own. So it clearly 
plays a role in community cohesion and encouraging interaction between people from uh, different uh, professional backgrounds, uh, different um, social backgrounds of all kinds. So, uh, you know, so yes, the pub is very important. Um, people value it. Um, and people are concerned about what's happening to it. Um, and I think um, you know, that's one of the reasons why I think politicians and policymakers need to be worried about what's happening. Today, you may have seen that in the news, um, David Cameron announced um, the possible introduction of minimum pricing on alcohol to curb excess drinking. Um, which he described as one of the scandals of our society. He said that the drinks industry, supermarkets, clubs and pubs need to work with government so that um, responsible drinking becomes reality and not just a slogan. Do you think that pubs get a raw deal from politicians and the media and does your report offer an alternative to this view? Well, yes, I think that there is a, there is a danger that everybody gets tarred with the same brush. So. Um, most of the problem drinking establishments are, we know from police recorded crime statistics, are in town centres. Um, and these are the kind of circuit bars which people, um, you know, they go from one to the next on a Friday and Saturday night. That's where you get the, the you know, binge drinking and that's where you get the, most of the crime and antisocial behaviour. You know, the smaller residential community pubs have much less of that but they face the same regulatory and tax regime as um, those often larger and wealthier establishments that operate in the town centres that cause most of the problems. And one of the things that, that our report says is that actually we shouldn't have a one-size-fits-all approach in policy terms to um, drinking establishments. We should focus on the ones that are causing problems and we should try to find ways of providing some financial support for the ones that actually serve important community functions. And so that's why one of the things that we've talked about is um, giving business rate relief to community pubs, for example, um, to try to give them some support while not giving support to pubs which are uh, causing a problem in the community. In terms of the um, role that pubs have in promoting responsible drinking and reaching out to the wider community, um, do you think that pubs are actually acting on this at the moment or do you think that more needs to be done? Well, I think that um, some pubs do better than others and I think that um, there, are, there are some great examples which we looked at in our report of pubs which are, you know, provide meeting places for community groups which um, uh, raise lots of money for charity, which employ local people, which um, serve locally sourced uh, produce and therefore help support local economies. Lots of examples of that. Uh, equally, there, there will be pubs, no one can deny there will be pubs where you know, that's not the case and uh, you know, they may even cause uh, problems. That's a minority of pubs, all, all the polling we've done shows that. Um, most people's experience of pubs are not, it's not you know, crime or antisocial behaviour. Most people's experience is you know, enjoying good quality time with friends and family. I think in rural areas, the, the pubs play a particularly important role often because they're the only, often the only community meeting place. So um, I think particularly in villages and so on, um, you, you find that you know, if there wasn't a pub there, there wouldn't be anywhere where people could meet and interact. And that's why I think you're finding in rural areas that some pubs are supporting the local post office, 
they may offer you know services like um, you know internet access and so on so there, there are lots of things which um, in different parts of the country different pubs are, are doing and, and I think we need to find a way of um, targeting support at those pubs which do do a good job um, because that's what we you know we want to promote and do you think that's really a vital way and the only way that uh, pubs should move forward in order to save themselves from closure? I think they should reach out to the community and they should build up that part of their function, which is the community um, being a community hub. They also need to improve their offer. I mean, you know, because I mean, people will say government needs to act, the pub companies need to act. All of that is true, and I've advocated reforms that need to that need to happen which you know the government needs to introduce and which the large pub companies need to uh, introduce but pubs also need to offer things that people want to buy you know I mean so um, and that's why we've seen you know the rise of the gastro pub that's why we've seen the the fact that pubs now offer a wider range of wines than they used to because they they have to adapt to the taste changing tastes of consumers for the report, I went and interviewed a guy who runs an estate pub in Hackney. When the Weatherspoons opened up down the road, all of his customers, very low-income estate, people very hard-pressed, because Weatherspoons often, you know, offer very cheap, much cheaper beer than he could offer, much cheaper food than he could offer, he lost like half of his custom overnight when Weatherspoons opened. So he responded to that by basically turning his pub into a niche pub for jazz uh, enthusiasts from all around the country and he now runs the thing as a, as a sort of jazz club and he's done very well but that's the kind of thing that pubs need to do they need to find a niche and they need to get good at something and they need to attract people in if they don't do that then they will suffer the pubs that are doing really well are the ones at the moment even in this tough environment that have found a niche whether it's food whether it's music um, whether it's just being a really good community pub um, they've found that niche and have just become really good at it and they find that they do get people, more people coming through the door. So, you know, it's not just about government, it's not just about, you know, big business doing their part, it's also about pubs themselves offering things that people want to buy. Well, I certainly agree that um, there can be no doubt that pubs can impact their society, like you say, especially if they find a niche or adapt to the people around their community. However, I was interested in your stats which show who actually goes to pubs today, who attends pubs, in regard to that other great British subject, um, class. Um, is it true to say that pubs are no longer accessible to the whole of the community, regardless of what they have on offer, um, because pubs are unaffordable or secluding certain sections of society? Well, you know, the traditional image of the pub is that it's a working class institution and you only have to, you know, watch, um, watch EastEnders or Coronation Street, you know, the, the Rovers return it, I mean, it, and the Queen Vic are kind of the kind of archetypal examples of that. The image of the pub is that it is a working class institution, and in many ways it still is. But having said that, I think the rise in prices in pubs means that that has squeezed people a bit. And what, what we found in the statistics was that basically pub uh, attendance falls as you move to kind of lower down the income scale basically so people in the professional social um, class category of AV professionals they tend to they're the people who most who attend pubs most frequently now and the, the social class category which attend pubs least are the DE category which is the lowest income groups and I think that's just simply because of 
um, because of rising prices. Um, so people have been pushed out to some extent, and that's why you're finding more people um, drinking at home. And I think that's very sad, you know, because it, it always was, the pub has always played an important part in a lot of communities, in a lot of disadvantaged communities. And um, it's sad to see that that has, seems to have declined to some extent. Um, I mean, did you find evidence to show that um, cost is one of these big factors and that if we manage to make costs equal for buying alcohol from the supermarket or drinking in pubs, people would actually flock to the pub, flock back to the pub? Or do you think we've moved beyond and there's other social factors now, the fact that we're meant to be so health conscious or, you know, the Facebook generation? I think, um, I don't buy the argument that this sort of the Facebook generation matters as much. I think most studies on the impact of the internet on social capital, social relationships tend to show that actually most of what happens online is um, related to encounters in the real world. You know, So actually on Facebook, a lot of what people are doing is um, arranging to meet, to uh, go and actually do things together. So I don't think the birth of the internet means that we don't interact as much as we did. There are things that have driven that. And, you know, Robert Putnam's work on Bowling Alone, which looks at the decline of social capital in, in America, found that, you know, the fact that people's homes are much more comfortable places than they used to be, the growth of home entertainment, you know, DVDs, um, you know, multiple television channels, um, video games, all of that means that um, actually there's more things. People don't get out of their houses as much because their houses are actually much nicer and entertaining places to be. So I think um, that has certainly posed a challenge for places like pubs. Um, and I think that's why there has been a, a secular a decline. But I think we have to distinguish between the impact of long-term social change, which means there has been a long-term decline in pubs. Going back to the start of the century, the start of the last century, I should say, um, and the accelerated pace of pub closures, which has happened over the last five or six years, which I think is much more about prices, supermarkets, um, the smoking ban to some extent for some pubs in particular, um, uh, you know, all of those issues. And I think, so we have to distinguish between long-term cultural trends, which I think are inevitable and maybe there's, yeah, there's only so much pubs can do about that, apart from adapting to people's tastes in the way that they need to do. Um, and, um, you know, these kind of more short-term and immediate factors around the recession and, and, and all of that. Um, there was a unique chapter in your report which shows, I mean, it looks at the impact that pubs have on their community, um, but it actually attempts to measure and give a monetary value to what that impact is. Um, why did you feel it was important to do this study and what were your findings? What we did was we applied a method which is called social return on investment, which is a way of looking at how an organisation of any kind impacts not just financially on, uh, on the economy, but also what its impact is on the community. Basically, it allows you to quantify the social impact of what a pub does or what any social organisation does. And we wanted to do it simply because it would illustrate um, in, number, in numerical terms the, um, the impact of pubs. And so what we found was that the pubs we looked at generated anything from between £20,000 a year to £120,000 a year in social value beyond their economic, the economic impact that they had. 
And what, the reason why we wanted to do that was we wanted to show to uh, government, you know, to illustrate to them in the most kind of dramatic way possible, which is in quantifiable terms, you know, what the impact of pubs is. Um, yeah, so that's why we did the research, and we're hopeful that pubs themselves will be able to use that method, that methodology that we've developed, in order to demonstrate to local authorities and to others, you know, what their impact is. Um, so, I mean, on that note, um, what, what do you see the future is for the British pub, and what do you think needs to be done um, to stop the closures by government and, and by us? Well, I think there are a number of things that need to happen. I mean, one thing is that we need to have a more um, differentiated approach in tax terms towards trying to recognise some pubs which are doing really good things in the community, while there are other places which are you know, the cause of all the binge drinking and stuff that David Cameron's been talking about. So we've argued um, if you apply the methodology that we've developed, you can identify which pubs are community pubs and then you can essentially offer them business rate relief, um, which would mean thousands of pounds a year, um, considerable sums of money for a pub um, being taken off their tax, um, which would you know, help help support them. So. That's one thing we want to do, give financial support to community pubs. The other thing is reform some of the planning legislation, which at the moment, for example, means that if a developer can't get planning permission to change uh, use from a pub use to a residential use, uh, there's a loophole in the law which means they can just knock the pub down without any permission at all. And um, we want that loophole to be removed in planning terms. Um, we also want the pub companies to reform some of the way that some of the ways that they work. We think that the way that some of the large pub companies have operated the beer tie, um, for example, has meant that they have uh, been charging too much, basically, for the beer that publicans are buying. That's put publicans in tied pubs at a comparative disadvantage, and we think has probably driven up prices across the board. And uh, what we want to do is introduce a code of conduct for the pub companies so that they can offer their prospective uh, lessees um, a free of tie lease and a tied lease, which means they can choose whether they want to get all of their beer from the pub company or whether they want to buy it on the open market. And if the pub company offers them lots of advantages in terms of business support and so on, then they can perfectly well opt to go with the pub company. But we'd like to see them have that choice, whether they want to go free of tie or not. And we think that would hopefully make something of a difference uh, to pubs. And the, the last set of things is really around encouraging pubs basically to offer, uh, to get better at offering people what they want. And we know that the best pubs out there are doing that, whether it be music, whether it be you know the real ale, whether it be food, whatever it is. And I think if you look at the data, the, the kind of pubs that tend to be suffering most are the ones that probably haven't uh, responded enough to the market and, and so on. And I'm not denying that there are huge problems out there for them, um, but they do need to respond to what consumers want to buy. Um, so there's an onus on publicans, obviously, to adapt to people's tastes. Um, so I think if you tried to do all of those things, we would strengthen the place of the pub and hopefully give it a more promising future moving forwards. Right, well, on that note, I think we should get another pint in. And uh, thank you very much for speaking to Pod Academy.